Chapter 31 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 31 harry gossamer's heroic and thrilling speech before they drown him the president rev joe pyre ordered the sentinel to bring the prisoner harry gossamer before him that he may receive his sentence which was death however with his choice of hanging or drowning the president then addressed him as follows harry gossamer the brothers and sisters have convened themselves into a court-martial and have found you guilty of violating the solemn oath of our secret conclave and you must know that the penalty is death but the court unanimously agreed that you should not be treated to the full punishment as avowed in our solemn oath but that you may choose between hanging and drowning this favour was granted you because you have not done any mischief as yet otherwise you would have had your left hand burned into cinders your right hand cut into fragments and your beating heart torn out by its roots i am sorrowful and heavily grieved at this terrible state of affairs but there is no appeal from this tribunal therefore if you have anything to say now is your time the distressed and horror-stricken harry gossamer rose to his feet and said in a tremulous voice i suppose i have deserved some punishment but this i did not expect nor do i merit it still as there can be no appeal from this august and holy tribunal i hope god will pardon you for this dastardly crime i hope i am not intruding nor violating any more sacred pledges so that your noble deacon might have this humane sentence revoked and recommit me for trial and then give me the full blast of the terrible and accursed oath that i was compelled to take go on noble apostate interrupted the deacon we care little what you say to us as long as you die before you can divulge any of our secret plans may i then say what i choose without having my verdict changed asked the convict yes sir responded the reverend joe pyre hear me then said the prisoner i've always despised hypocrites and pharisees and believed that they were the most blasphemous wretches living thus agreeing with jesus christ but i did not think that such a bloody villainous accursed set of vipers could breathe the breath of life who were one tithe as wicked as the elated deacon rob stew sister nancy clover and the dastardly reverend joe pyre a trinity that outvies the blackest imps of the infernal regions when such perfidious monsters can rule a nation then is doomsday near at hand and i can die happy when i reflect upon the heinous crime i have committed when i became a member of this sacredly secret conclave so sacred as to prefer to murder an innocent person in cold blood then that a noble hero like dr victor juno should be permitted to succeed in the amelioration and elevation of the human race 
which could not harm any one except those who are a scab upon society and a pestiferous stench in the presence of god and man if you or your likes go to heaven i want to go to hell because the very sight of such loathsome vermin would destroy my happiness and turn the realms of the blessed into regions of despair you all have my keenest contempt and i am now ready to be sentenced to be drowned at once or later if it suits your despicable natures better farewell until we meet again for we shall at a future hour see the glory of god by observing retribution visiting your worthless souls preparations were now being made to drown the apostate in the depth of the sea he was gagged securely and tightly bound by cords so that it was utterly impossible to be relieved then he was put into a large salt sack in the bottom of which iron weights were placed and this done he was nailed up in a dry goods box and instantly carried to the delaware river in deacon rob stew's charity wagon which everybody almost knew and when the same reached the wharf the box was at once placed upon a speedy little schooner and carried to the ocean where the box was quickly opened and the salt sack with its iron and human weight dropped quietly overboard which sank like lead thus was the sentence executed and the sharks or worms of the briny deep would feast their carnivorous natures upon the carcass of harry gossamer the apostate the schooner immediately set sail for its own harbor and the faithful sentinel rejoiced with six brethren and one sister of the sacredly sacred conclave but they did not dream that a wakeful irishman was watching the proceedings regularly at tabernacle hall and when the deacon's charity wagon was being driven toward the wharf pat o'connor smelled a mouse he therefore ran in the rear of the wagon and when he saw them remove the box to the schooner he at once went to a friend who lived in a shanty about ten squares down the delaware wharf who made his living by boating and as good luck would have it the boatman was just about anchoring his fastest rowboat pat o'connor said to him patrick kin i git ye to hire me your best and fastest rowboat what one man kin row yes sir why pat o'connor is that you responded the boatman on to be sure it be myself a wantin to do a leetle night work for myself said pat he forthwith jumped into the rowboat and sure as fate there just a little ahead of him sailed a well-known pious vessel making good speed toward the sea well mumbled pat o'connor to himself as he pulled his oars with ease i'll be out of your bloody curmudgeon and see what ye are doing on the river this time o night pat o'connor had no trouble to row as fast as the schooner sailed and as the night was rather dark there was no danger of him being seen after they had gone beyond the reach of the city lights he therefore crept near to the schooner watching it closely for fear it might stop suddenly when he might be detected the ocean was tame and therefore all things favored pat when the schooner had passed about a quarter of a mile from the mouth of the river it stopped so did pat o'connor's boat 
and after turning something overboard the schooner sailed off and making a circle steered homeward but pat did not sail off nor steer homeward just then but he went as near to the spot as he could where the salt sack filled with iron and flesh was thrown into the ocean and as fate would have it harry gossamer got one of his hands at liberty before they reached the wharf and he managed with it to get his knife out of his pocket however he was so tightly packed into the box that he could not open the blade until he was removed from the same when thus liberated he instantly opened the knife with his teeth of the lower jaw and by the time he sank a few feet he had his rope and salt sack cut to pieces which gave him the use of his two hands whilst his feet were bound until pat o'connor reached forth and drew him into his rowboat end of chapter thirty one recording by john brandon